Baba Talks, inspiration for creating a sustainable and fulfilling life. Hello and welcome to our podcast series dedicated to discovering new, creative and sustainable ways for making choices that empower you to live a happy and meaningful life. In our today's conversation with our special guest Eva Wieprecht, we discuss about how we are affected by the different rhythms and cycles of life, how we get to experience and enjoy the beauty of every cycle in a mindful, meaningful way. Eva Wieprecht is the director of the International Virginia Satir Institute of Germany, international speaker, trainer in the generative change work, and she also facilitates systemic trainings and workshops using the generative systemic satir model, Ericksonian hypnosis, as well as somatic integration and movement approaches. Each season has its own perfumes, colors, shapes, its own feelings, and can be related to different times in our human life. But are you really aware of how you shape your life along these passing seasons? To what extent do you actually get to align yourself with the season of your heart rather than be under the domination of the linear chronology? To what extent does your age make you feel more empowered and aligned with life and the life energy? These are just a few questions we invite you to meditate on as you listen to this podcast and receive what is resonating with you. And we would also love to hear your own opinion on this topic. So feel free to comment, share, follow and subscribe. Enjoy! Hi Eva and welcome back. Hi Alina, nice to see you. Today we are making a special recording of our conversation as we are finding ourselves in a very special time of the year and an interesting topic for this time that is special for us both in some way because we are soon celebrating our birthdays so it's a birthday month for <laughs> both of us. An interesting topic to have in our conversation would be how we can see life as something that has rhythm, as something that is like going in a circle. And although a circle has no beginning and no end, life as we know it on this planet has some reference points that mark the beginning and the end mm -hmm. and how we personally refer to these passages that we go throughout uh, life with um, meaning and how we can best find an appropriate rhythm for these passages to happen so my first question to you would be how how do you see this this concept yeah you know you're actually touching a really big question for me um, as you were mentioning this is the month of our both of our birthday mine is going to be in about five days from now and it's a pretty remarkable day for me because it's the 50 
And somehow I felt that I'm entering a new life cycle, period. And um, it, it actually was brought to my attention as I came back from a workshop that I was co-conducting with my Chinese friend at a temple. And he introduced me to the life cycle. And um, the life cycle is a model that I've been using since then quite a bit. And it's basically a very universal, very archetypal idea. And I could... I could um, connect it to the seasons, you know, the four seasons that here where I live in Cologne, in Germany, actually in my, you know, in my youth growing up, uh, we really had four seasons. There was spring, clearly in springtime. In the summer, July, there was summertime. And, and then there was, um, you know, tilting from the end of September towards the beginning of October, there was clearly autumn time. And then moving very clearly into December, moving into winter time. And then I do remember there was a period of my life where it seemed that the seasons were not very clear anymore. It seemed there was not clear spring. It's almost like it, it was getting a little wishy-washy. And interesting enough, I felt this challenging year with the coronavirus, all of a sudden this, the clearness of the season seemed to be coming back again. It was almost like spring was clearly spring, the way I do remember it as a child growing up. And also right now we're really heading into the summertime. It's been really sunny it's been really hot it's been really warm so somehow in a really interesting way i, I feel um the clear distinctions of the different um, nature seasons have come back to at least to my attention that's how i experience it and as i was introduced to the life cycle model i was looking at it from also the development idea of our ages of our growing up, like spring being the season of our birth and then coming out into the world as a little one, as a baby and, you know, exercising certain qualities of innocence, of playfulness, of just sponging everything in that um, is new, is exciting then I see um, summertime kind of as a threshold of um, moving into adolescent, um, growing up and becoming a person and exercising our autonomy, exercising our independency and growing into this, yeah, this person that is unique to us more and more even though that uniqueness comes from the birth at the very beginning, but there's still dependency on other people helping us in the growing up and showing us the world, how they see it. And we may have a very different way of seeing the world ourselves. And so there may be also this clash of, I see this world like this and you educate me, it's like this. And then I think adolescent summer season is a good time to kind of like fight for your own ideas and creating boundaries and, you know, creativity, sexuality is rising. So it has all these different qualities. And yeah, it's kind of interesting how this rebellion in um, 
adolescence has a correspondent in, in nature with the flowers that need to fall in order for the fruits to show up. And it's a radical transformation, actually. It's an interesting way how also in life of, of us humans, these things happen, although we don't really notice them most of the times. Yeah, you know, I, I find that, you know, every, every season or every, every period of time in, in our growing up has, has its own challenges, has its own um, qualities, has its own ways of how we are relating to our parents and how we're experiencing our parents or whoever is helping us growing up and being accompanying our life cycle around. And um, then to me, there's also a challenge of really tapping into all the different ages that are appropriate to that particular moment. You know, I mean, like tapping into the 20s and really being 20 and not wanting to be already 30 or 40 to measure up to a certain idea. Or, I mean, I remember as I was, 16 and I wanted to go clubbing I was pretty tall and I looked a little bit older so I was always flat, flat I felt flattered if somebody said that I was older looking because it gave me a certain freedom to do certain things and um and I, it was the time where I also felt I like to be seen older for whatever reason. And I guess there, 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 there's potentially a certain time in our life when it's like, if somebody says, oh, you look a lot younger than you are, then that seems to be flattering at some point. And I guess those are, I don't know, outside ideas. But for me internally, what I've been really, really noticing as I'm approaching the 50, it, it, I really wanted, and I did, dedicate a whole year to really look and feel deeply inside of myself what it means to to own and to move into the 50, which in some traditions are called the crown years. So you're crowning yourself. And actually some, some women intentionally let their hair grow gray to actually show their crown. Um, I have some friends who have intentionally done that. And um, for me, my version is, um, I really felt inside of me, I like to tap into the 50 and know what that means to, to, to tap into autumn and to tap into the, um, into the season where on one level, I guess the leaves are changing colors and I, I love Indian summer. I've been in, you know, in, into the Boston area, into the Indian summer and actually found that to be the most attractive season when you see all the trees and yellow and orange and red and all these shades connected and it brings such a um, intense quality and i guess i'm taking that as a picture for myself to to really connect to what does it mean to become 50 and to let go of things that may be ideas of other people of me and and really grow into the fullest of myself as you can see in the picture behind me have my you know, allow my chest to blossom in the fullness of myself and and that be really blossoming out and i think that is a really practical question what what is the period of time i'm in am i really on it 
honestly tapping into that reality without losing all the energetic qualities that I have been exercising before. I still have a childlike, playful, um, funny side. Uh, I hope I will keep that forever anyways. Yeah, this is kind of an interesting perspective to see our lives as part of a cycle, of a seasonal cycle of something that is blooming, something that is giving fruit, and then something that it's starting to turn in, into something that is apparently diminished, yet it has all this experience ingrained that are not anymore that obvious and that in some way put out there but express themselves in a more discreet presence mm. and have like a more delicate color not like shiny sparkling colors but more browns and yellows and those kinds of colors mm. that the the leaves of the trees have when uh, when they are preparing for for autumn and then summertime also I think even for a lot of people, maybe the, the most exciting season. And maybe this is one of the reasons that people cling to it so much. So that the, the younger ones that are still in spring want to be in summer and the, the, the ones that got over summer and moved towards autumn still want to be in the summer. Yeah, I guess the whole industry is making a lot of money out of that. <laughs> idea that older people like to hang out into the summer season or like 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 summer yeah it's a very good pr sort of speak so <laughs> it looks good <laughs> stay in it <laughs> for as long as possible so. um yeah yeah you know, I mean, personally, for me, I can say definitely um, we're, we're joking around it, but I think there's that truth of you changing, your, your body is, is developing, your body's changing. When you're little, you know, it, it becomes very obvious when, when you, you tap into teenage years that the body all of a sudden starts to change and that, that can be quite dramatic, quite shocking, quite exciting. Um, it can come with many feelings. And what happens in the um, kind of in the springtime, then um, there's also the shocking poss possible experience that in autumn time, the body changes and transforms again. And, you know, it's, it's an interesting um, exercise for me to actually um, accept all the different um, changes that are coming with the different ages and different seasons and, and to really embrace it rather than fighting or, or challenge it and say, oh, what can I do against it? I mean, I'm not saying that I'm hanging out on the sofa and eating potato chip because there's um, gravity and there's nothing I can do about the body changes. You know, I'm an active person. So I, you know, I, I, I work a lot in my, in, in my work. I move a lot and you've been there. So we've been doing it together. I, I do yoga practice, I do um, Tai Chi practices, I do other movement practices, I run, I, I walk in nature. So I like to stay in, in a way of healthy and fit in my body, but at the same time, I also have a, a very conscious awareness about there's, there are changes happening throughout different ages. And that's part of a natural process. 
And I've been pretty, personally, pretty lucky that I always felt pretty comfortable in whatever season I was in. I guess today, I feel the most comfortable in my own skin. I don't think I want to be 20 again. I love the 20s. I think I had a really good, um, I'm not saying that was not a good time. I did have probably experienced every time, every period in its own right. And it had its own themes and it had its own exercises and its own relationships as well. And I'm, I'm actually looking back at them and thinking, yeah, that was a good period of time, but today is different. And, it's, and I'm, I'm happy about how things moved and that I found a pretty, I want to say recognizing, self-accepting and acknowledging way of all of me, my mind, my heart, my emotions, my physical body, my vitality. And the place I am in, in this moment in my life. But it was also a very conscious decision to really tap from one to the next and kind of include and transcend from one season to the next. I made that a conscious practice. And I do have friends who actually say, oh, I'm not going to even bother with my 50th birthday. I'm going to be gone as if it never happens. I'm going to hide myself from it. It's just, it's a good choice, but it wouldn't be my choice. My choice is I want to consciously tap into that and see how that is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the theories that say that time is relative. So it's a a subjective perception that we have. (laughs) And for our civilization, time is linear. So it's the past, present and future. For For other culture, time is different. Yeah. For other cultures, time is circular, has rhythms and uh, moves in spirals, for instance, or time is un- unlimited. Yes. Because they have as reference the, the present moment. And they don't see this time reference the way we do it as people living in, in the West, let's say. Although I live in the East of the continent, so it's, even that is relative. So. Yeah. Uh, but referring to this model of seasons that we have in life, how can a person feel aligned with the seasons that is experience? let's say from the chronological perspective because as we discussed earlier a younger person wants to present herself or himself as being older an older person maybe want to present himself as such or as a younger person so these are all things that express in some way the saying that the grass is greener on the other side So it's better in the future, it's better in the past, but it's not good at the present moment. That's the idea, I think, that is presented behind all of these things. Yeah, you know, for me, when I think of the model, of the idea, I I use it actually as a, um, almost like a meditation practice where I, you know, where where I invite somebody to um, put themselves really in the middle and just kind of connect and inwardly and and just you know center and connect and to then begin usually i like to begin actually in the winter time 
where you imagine that everything is dissolved. So everything is perfectly fine the way it is. So winter is nothing to do anymore. Winter is just letting go and dissolving and um, we're tapping back into paradise. Um, so it's that season where everything can melt away that may be chronically stressful or where we're still kind of working ourselves towards something. And then I let people tap into the, uh, into the springtime where it's almost now I birth myself into this newborn space where I have a new beginning. I really have that innocent childlike new beginning. And how does that quality feel like? And so I really stress on these qualities of innocence, of exploration, of curiosity, of being very open-minded open-hearted and open-sensed and open-experienced. And then from there, fluidly move into that interesting summertime where there is this awakening of creativity and sexuality and the otherness and, and, and you know, finding your way of challenging. And, and there's also when you want to exercise your yeses and your noes and i want that and i don't want that and 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 get tapping into this quality which is a very different um, energetic quality to then move into the autumn season where i am feeling myself in a quality of i i really find myself in in who i am i really speak my inner truth i feel my inner presence and I am standing on my feet. And um, this is about what I, from inside, radiate out to, to the world. And what I usually invite is always bringing all of these different energetic experiences into the middle. And so that could be one way of meditating on a fluid way of experiencing ourselves in very different qualities that are all valid, that are all important. Um, but it's when is a moment for innocent childlike creativity, playfulness? When is a moment for this more juicy, energetic, vital, alive energy that is also saying no to this? When is a time for more of a having a you know a, a, a calm heart, a calm mind, an equilibrium, and and things are in perspective, and I really feel connected to my inner dignity and present it to the world really kind of show my symbolic crown to the world and the other thing to me is i think it needs peer groups that are reflecting in the best way what it means to be in a certain chronological time so meaning that if i'm six-year-old i think it's good to have some good six-year-olds around me so i'm not growing up only with adults with way older ones, but having peers and exercising those qualities in many dimensions. And same true when you tap into the teenage years that you have your peer group. Um, I've been noticing with, you know, with some families that they make their teenage kids their best friends. And so that means that, you know, the, the, the kids are always exposed to way older people that is not their peer and i think it's important to, to have that energy 
in exercise and in, in interaction and in play to, to really know what it means to be a 13 year old, to be a 14 year old and, and also find um, activities that best allow those times to be exercised in experience. And that's not the smartphone. Um, I think the smartphone and being behind the screen and doing TikToks and YouTube things, which our teenagers are exposed to a lot, is not really helping them in the, from a physical level to really exercise their, their teenage years. And I hope that we can invite them to, to find other exercise practices to really get those energetics too and it's um and and do it in experience not by somebody giving us any pictures about that because i think that's where your idea gets a little bit distorted mm -hmm. yeah and also this has an impact this engagement in in physical activities during these time periods have also an influence on, on the mental future state of the person and being engaged in some kind of sports or, uh, I don't know, trainings or practices is something that is of great importance for the future adult life. Because now I can see a lot of differences uh, among people that have had some, some training or were engaged in, in their teenage years in some sort of, of activities and those who did not. Yeah. And the ability to, to cope with uh, stressful situations or to many changes that happen during the, those times especially is a lot higher for people that were engaged in some kind of sports in their childhood or in teenage years. So they, they have some resilience that was developed through the, the engagement of the body that cannot be equaled by uh, another mental activities. At, at least in my perspective, this is a very valuable resource to create during the, the childhood and teenage years. Yeah, totally. And, and I love that you were mentioning the body. I think the body is really helping us as a GPS to let us know in its own development what is the truth, what is the reality that I'm in, you know, and then finding the activities that will best nurture that time are fitting for me, fitting for my body. For example, I grew up since the age of three with ballet and what I loved then intuitively the best wasn't the formal training, but interpretation. So whenever there was an open space where we could be anything, that's when I blossomed. And it, it has actually become a resource that I'm exercising still till today, even in my psychological trainings, when I help people go through movement processes where I'm creating an open, an open space where you can just explore yourself. But I was then already in the formal training as well. And I, I remember looking back, some of it was stressful because I think what happened there was on a three-year-old, it was imposed a very technical training that is not really three-year-old packaged. Um, so there's already an, an older version 
in exploring yourself um, through a physical activity. And so, so for me, that time was, and that physical activity had a double-edged sword. It was a resource. It was a way of getting to know myself, but at the same time, it was also very stressful. Um, so to me, certain activities have to be time, um, age appropriate as well. So it's not that, that the expectation is not too high for a little body. Then I, I was also growing up from the age of six with horses. So horseback riding was one of the activities um, that I, that accompanied me throughout my, you know, my early age till my teenage years. And that was a great um, education for me because they, horses respond to you on such a energetic level. They, they give you so much feedback. So I guess for me, horses were a really good feedback mirror to, to really reflect myself back. So it was another peer group, but more of a nonverbal peer group that was good in the, in the growing up. And then I had my, you know, the neighborhood kids that I like to hang out with. So we, we did a lot of physical activities then being outside, roller skating, um, I don't know, building huts together and doing all these things that where you explore yourself, where you carve out what it means in a, in a group of people together and having your space there. So all of these different times come with natural challenges and activities and through the body, I think it's a very good reference in order to actually notice what is the fitting place for me and who I have become through the body experience. And I think at some point, the body image that is expressed to the outside world also expresses the inner state or the inner season that a person finds herself to be in so even if the maybe the chronological age states something the appearance may state another and the way the person behaves can express a, a completely or congruent uh, behavior but also a, a completely different behavior than than what would be expected if we judge by by the appearance by the way the person shows up to the outside world and this may sometimes be a, a challenge to align these states of how a person feels at the inner level what age do they feel not what age do they have in their documents and what age they present themselves to be or what is the appropriate behavior for that age yeah. because some, sometimes we we go back and forth in different times, although we do that at the very specific moment in time. There is a very great possibility that a lot of parts within us live in different times at the same time. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I can have a psychological, uh, or I can have a real age of 49, 50, and then find myself in a situation where all of a sudden my psychological or emotional age appears at five. And obviously then 
I have this interesting challenge that my physical body and my um, driving license um, is in autumn season and my psychological emotional experience is exactly on the other side of the model which is spring and that's an interesting place to be in um, because to me if i confuse myself from being all of a sudden fully identified with a five-year-old then that is a challenging place to be in but if i can learn to locate myself and the actual age i have right now and that there's a part of me for various reasons that had to stay in the innocent um, spring season because i had to move on with life because that part may have not been fully accepted and seen and blessed by other people then the interesting thing that happens a lot of times is now i become that age that my maybe my parents or whoever took care of me had then and now these parts are coming back into an interplay with other people all of a sudden they get activated and if i'm becoming aware of that here's a great opportunity where can, i can actually bring this younger part of me if i'm not confusing myself then with it i can bring that younger part back to me across the opposite side from spring to autumn and invite from autumn my spring part back to me and say hey um i made it all the way and i became that um that really ripened and 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 also really grown mature adult person that can now bring you into the inner family back home and that is kind of a psychological integration or alignment that can also happen and which i would work with when I help people really locate them realistically on the, on the cycle of life. Where are you right now in this moment? And then there's a relationship between those two elements. And once you have a relationship, then we can uh, realistically integrate and include the younger parts that we sometimes have to have left behind because they were maybe not very much accepted in society or in my family or wherever else but now that's a nice thing about the season of autumn now i'm in charge now i can take care of it so i can choose to say hey hello little one i can invite you back into the family and make sense that you're really angry about this because somebody took your toy away and that wasn't nice and i can hold your anger with a lot of grace and i can hold your anger with a lot of compassion because i know now it makes sense that this happened and and so that's a nice other possibility to to look at the different levels of ages and and different places yeah we usually i think we usually look after the, the chronological age and expect people to act as adults once they reach a certain age yeah and a lot of the times we are surprised when we we see how their behavior actually shows more of the behavior of a younger person 
not really uh, a person that is uh, mature as the the age would would require or would be appropriate let's say for for the age that they actually have and i think maybe we we go too easily through these kinds of situations and take them for what what they show on the surface and not what they really are and either prefer to make a statement about the person and not the behavior and disregard the need that is expressed by that specific behavior so in this kind of situations what can we do when we notice this kind of behaviors let's say that that show the uh, the needs of a younger part of a person yeah i think that's um i mean first of all i think it's a great point to actually recognize i sometimes like to use the image that virginia here gave which was sometimes you have little people in big bodies and so my image is sometimes I may talk um, to a 60-year-old and it's a big body and the behavior that I'm exposed to may be coming from a three-year-old. So it's a, it's a big body and a little person in it. And when I am, which I'm hearing you asking, if, if I'm receiving that behavior, I think there, there, there are different ways I can respond to it. I can um, maybe sense the, the emotion somebody's in. And if I'm coming from a very um, grounded place, I can be, you know, I can be holding my own ground and, and, and maybe reflecting back the emotions, like saying, I'm, I'm sensing you're really angry about something. I, I wonder what's really going on for you. I could reflect back just on the emotion because behind a behavior, there's an emotion that's driving the behavior. So somebody may be reactively feel, feeling extremely angry about something. That means though, I have to not be reactive to it. I have to stay in my own place and not take it personal and just be a good mirror to the other person. I could also get out of the line of fire. I can remove myself from, you know, being, being in that behavior. I can also, um, you know, call somebody on their behavior and saying, hey, um, your, your, your voice tone is very loud. Are you aware of that? Could you, could you tune it down? Could you change that? like reflecting back what somebody is doing and, and, and letting them know about what I know and sense if there is a change that we can make. That's another possibility. I can just create a, a space, not doing anything, you know, just being with somebody for a moment if I can stay present with whatever is going on for them. I think it depends on what type of relationship there is. And also, you know, similar to an airplane, when you, when there's a case of emergency, you need to put the, 
the, the, the mask on you first if there's not enough oxygen and then help anybody else. So everything depends on what is the state that I can be in. Can I be in my full body with my full age in the presence of somebody experiencing something else? Then I have a whole range of things, emotional em empathy, just creating a space for the other, reflecting lovingly back what I see them doing. I can share what happens for me in the face of them and their experience. I can just say, I feel this way when you do that. I can just give my own perspective of what's happening for me. And it has to be in a really calm and accepting relationship space. Otherwise, we're probably just reacting to each other. Because between reaction and response, there's usually a space. And that's usually connected to breath and a pause to be able to respond rather than to react. Mm -hmm. And maybe um, context or making a context clear before these kind of things can, can show up in our interaction, maybe that, that can be helpful just to, to have a, a space created previously, a, a space of, of openness and a clear context before these um, younger parts can be activated by some, some factors. Maybe that can be helpful. Yeah, I mean, totally. If, if, if you take a special context like a coaching session, then, you know, I, was, I had a coaching yesterday. There is a space that we already contextualize and, and, and establish where I will actually say um, from the beginning, maybe you are in connection with some parts that, um, you know, you, you may want to create a new relationship with. Um, so I may lay out an invitation that I'm, I'm, I'm potentially talking to multiple parts or multiple sides of my client because when they want some support in some area, it is because either way parts are conflicting or they're not integrated or they're very far away from each other and are needed. So it's a, it's a space that I can create in order to invite a different inner dialogue that is possible for my client to get a new understanding about themselves. And um, so, yeah, I can create a context where that dialogue is, is possible and where mm -hmm. there's an already set invitation for can I reflect some ideas back to you that may be different um, than your own perspective. I was doing that yesterday where I was reflecting to my client a number of times back how she was talking about herself. You know, she, there was a lot about, um, oh, stupid me. Um, I shouldn't be doing that. And, you know, and, and what I actually noticed was that when she leaned to the right side, tilting her head to the right side, she said, oh, I could actually just let it go and let things be and help my son just be a teenager and let him have his own experience. And then she tilted to the other side, to the left side. And then she said, 
but I need to control him and I need to make sure that he, you know, he, he gets his stuff done. And there was a different voice tone and a dis different rhythm. And she said, and stupid me, that's stressing me out. And then I don't have time to take care of myself. I said, oh, okay, so when you're tilting this way, there's this fluid movement where you have a possibility to let him make his own experience. And when you're moving to this side, there's a part that is a little bit more judgmental and has certain fixed ideas how you would like to help him with his exercises or his um, homeworks or whatever it is. And she's like, oh, yeah, I haven't. I have noticed that. So, so we established in a, in a nice way, the stupid me to, oh, here's a part that really knows how to judge and has certain ideas. It's a very different way than calling her stupid. And then also we were differentiating between that one side that has fluid ways and the other side that has a little bit more rigid ideas about how things are supposed to be done. And because she wanted more flexibility and she wanted more energy for herself. I was inviting her to maybe allow to exercise a little bit more the, the one side where there's more freedom to say, oh, he can just explore being a 13 year old and see what happens next. Yeah, I think maybe a lot of times we, we confuse these needs that some parts uh, express through certain ideas or beliefs or behaviors and take them as being part of, of the person's identity and who that person is and respond to that rather than to that particular aspect that is manifesting at a certain point. Yeah. And especially if that behavior or that belief is um, totally dissonant with the life cycle a person is supposed to to be in at that time and somehow i think that the person uh, herself or himself can can sense that sometimes and still continues to to reinforce that belief or that uh, behavior because they don't know how to deal with that yeah. and the awareness is sometimes not enough being aware that there is something that needs special attention or another kind of attention that the person is capable of giving is also causing some issues also in relating to other people. Yeah. You know, when I come back to the example, um, I think it wasn't a surprise that we were kind of in the same season. It's a new client I, um, who came and she was referred to me and we had a, like a pre-conversation and, and, and I because I usually like to have people just get to know me and then make a decision if it fits or not. And so we had a pretty extensive conversation beforehand. And she said, yeah, no, I feel really comfortable. And I, I really like to do the session. And interesting enough, we're kind of in the same age. And, and um, what I mean by that is that when, you know, you, you're looking for, and she's a very competent person that knows very, very well to move herself through the world. 
She's been doing a lot of competent stuff and actually developed a lot of great things, including raising her child and, um, you know, bringing um, herself into a really good position in her professional job and, and, and just really developing all sorts of things. Yet the reality was, as she was seeing me, her self-esteem, sense of self-worth was not very high. And I guess one big threshold was asking support in, which is a big one, because she said, I know myself by managing everything easily and I can, you know, hard work and figure it all out. But I'm for the first time in a situation where that's not the case. And so I guess somehow the universe brought us together and guess what? We're kind of in the same season. So she's looking maybe on one level also for a model that will reflect friendly back in a way, whatever you're looking for is inside of you. You have that. And I am maybe like a representation of your age you are in. And in our relationship, we can create a safe container where you can discover yourself to reopen the door for all these competencies that you may have shut down for whatever reason. And I'm happy to help you to reopen those doors. That was kind of the contact that we made. Um, so for me, it felt here's somebody that can kind of already reflect back that sense of self and have a vehicle that will allow to, to reopen and maybe even reminding her to all these old qualities. I mean, in the conversation, she remembered different times, uh, you know, where there was this joyful um, self and something that she was actually looking for. And, and interesting enough, where I'm located brought her to one of the memories of her adolescent time that she liked to go to parties and, you know, be the last person lock in the door. And, and so there, there's just these interesting weavings that started to happen to bring all these resources together. And then, so at the end I said, what were the, the most helpful things for you to discover? And she said, you were giving me some direct ideas how I can experience myself in, in a more fluid, in a, in a better competency. And what that meant was I was actually helping her to get out of a problem movie and more into the present moment and actually accessing herself as in her present age and giving her practical ideas how she can you know, exercise that for herself more deeply. So we've done, done a lot of physical exercises from um, Tai Chi and, and, and practicing that together and, and she said, yeah, I, I, I felt myself different. And now I have some practical ideas that I can hold on to. So I needed somebody who gives me practices, rehearsal ideas, model something that I haven't figured out yet. So it wasn't just awareness, oh, I'm, I'm in a difficult place and I want that fluid joyfulness again, but I also need some ideas where, where I can tap into that again. And we were carving that out into our, in our relationship. Yeah, I think that's a wonderful resource to access and to be able to present and to incorporate and to ad adopt as practice and as connection to, to those kind of resources. 
Eva, as we are slowly moving towards the end of this conversation for now, I would invite you to share with us one of your insights at this stage of the life cycle that you, you are now. And it can be anything that, that comes to, to you at, at this moment and you feel like sharing. Are you asking me what's the best thing about becoming 50? <laughs> so, um, you know, there are a couple of things that I find really intriguing and really important. Um, one is I used to be somebody who wanted to make everybody happy. So my reference was very much external. Are you happy in my presence? Then I'm happy. Then I can be happy. Are you feeling comfortable with me? Then I can be happy. So my go-to in the before seasons was always looking for harmony and looking for happiness for others. If they were happy, I had the right to be happy and, and feeling comfortable. So it was all about others or mostly about others. I'm noticing as I'm approaching this season, I'm, I'm changing seats a little bit. I'm adding in my own self into the seat uh, a lot more and, and taking the driver's seat. So I have become a lot more um, independent from the approval from others and how they like me to be a certain way and finding a much more aligned quality inside of myself and noticing I know what I'm doing right. I know what I know about myself. And I'm okay about not knowing everything. And what I know, I hold to be true, even though somebody else may be challenging that. And then to, to really own it and to say, I'm, this is what's best for me. And you may support it. That's wonderful. And if you don't support it, I don't need to make that happy anymore. I used to be very flexible. I mean, interesting enough, in my ballet trainings, I used to go for the full split in all kinds of direction. In that same metaphorical way, I, I could be very flexible in my behavior in order to try to invite people in to, to be in a positive relationship with me. And I don't feel that stress anymore. I'm, I like that. I like to be in good connections. I love great connections. I'm a very socially connected um, person and it begins with me and so finding comfortable in my own even though sometimes other people may not approve it and finding comfort in that discomfort has been a, a great learning over the last um, couple of years and so i think i found my own authority to my own self i've become my own queen to myself and not to others but i think there is maybe even a, a reflection once i crown myself to my own self it may even have a little bit of a ripple out other people seeing me as a certain leader in a certain area but it, it's it's not as important i'm standing up to my own expectations and i'm standing up to my own inner wants and do that in the most um, inclusive and space giving and space holding ways. And the times of being, giving other people power to twist and turn my arm to tell me what's right for me are 
pretty much expired and I'm really happy about that. Thank you for sharing with us everything that you are so, so beautifully and so openly sharing. And I want to really thank you for the beautiful thing and being and energy and light that you are for the beautiful person that I know and I'm grateful for knowing and yeah wish you a happy birthday although your birthday is <laughs> in a few days <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and wish you all the the best for this season and every season <laughs> every coming season <laughs> every passing season <laughs> Every season you, you choose to, to be <laughs> at a certain point <laughs> or in a certain aspect and hope that we are, we are sharing some good experience along the way yeah. these different seasons. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, I appreciate you. And as Gregory Bateson liked to say, it takes two to know one. And so whatever you see in me, I know it's all in you. I can echo everything back that you are so generously um, sharing with me. So that's all yours as well. So thank you for that. And thanks for sharing the space together. And that was our today's episode of our Choices series. Let us know your opinion about the topics we touched and make sure you share it with the people that would most benefit from listening to it. To be sure you are not missing out on important topics for you, simply subscribe to our channel and get notified when new episodes are released. Until next time, stay healthy, centered, connected and committed to design the life that you want.